Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 21. 21, we're legal. Woohoo! We We've been doing we're, we're illegal adults. TV or radio, <laughs> whatever this We've is. We've been doing childish, childish podcasts, podcasts and now and we're adults. We're fully adults. Oh, that's so ridiculous. Mature and complete, not lacking anything. Can we truly live in freedom from sin? Like, no kidding. Really? Yeah, that's a great question. That's the title of our episode this week. I've been listening to Dan and I, actually Dan introduced her to me, Lucy Gimbel, who is a musician, a Christian artist, mm-hmm. and I've been listening to her a lot lately because her her uh, album, God's Heart Explodes, is that what it's called? Yes, it is. God's Maybe Heart we'll Explodes. Try to force a little hunk in here somewhere. Um, is really been ministering to me this past couple of weeks mm-hmm. with some of the truth of the lyrics of her plus she's a fabulous musician and has great guitar players and piano players and gospel choir behind her if you haven't listened to lucy gimbel you should here's a phrase that kind of slapped me in the face this morning uh from one of her songs it's called mm-hmm. your love has made me clean the whole song that's the title of the song but in the song she says that i'm in your arms and I am clean. And so Mm -hmm. that sparked a discussion between you and I about is she cleaning the Lord's arms because she failed or she sinned and then she went, because she doesn't really explain this in the song, she went to the Lord for forgiveness and then he wrapped his arms around her so now she feels clean? Or is she clean because of the love of God And he has his arms around her all the time because, according to him, she's clean because of his love. So that sparked this discussion um, today. Uh, In the song, she talks about a child. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering, I started thinking, could we raise children? So I think I've said this on the podcast a few times. I'm trying to learn how to live fully loved. What does that mean? That's that, that's a good. That's we what had, I'm trying to figure that out. Right. What but does it mean? To let be me fully talk loved. about the song, and then we'll go on with that because I think the song will help. The words in the song about the child who um, I'm I'm his child, and I'm living fully loved in this song. That's the what's going on with that. And I was thinking, what if we raised our children? Could a child? live free from sin like Jesus did if the parents or the community or whoever was raising the child exhibited full love for that child and that child knew that they would that everything that they did would be under the umbrella of love would that change the way a kiddo makes decisions, makes choices. Mm -hmm. So that sparked a big old conversation um, about child rearing and coaching and discipline and punitive things, which we'll get into too. But, but here's, here's, here's where I am today. Where are you? Like how living fully loved um, means to me that when I, when I know, when I have the Lord, and I, we are walking in union 
as in in my paradigm like we always are in his paradigm but i'm listening i'm free from worry i'm free from habits i'm free from whatever that's causing me distracting me from listening to jesus in my day-to-day life when i'm living knowing that everything that he says to me everything that he leads me to all the opportunities that he asks me to walk through um are are good and right and just and holy and I'm walking in that space. Mm-hmm. It's because I know that he loves me and I can trust him and I can follow his lead. I can, and whatever that mm-hmm. is, sometimes it's not even doing something. Sometimes it's just being. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what it means to live fully loved. So when, I, just, I just grasped a thought on that. Of, I think what I was listening today, that the, the term left me a little ambiguous. And I think I realized really what it's saying is it's not in the to be fully loved doesn't mean you're getting the full love of God. That's presumed it's recognizing that you have the full love of God. It's the truly to be fully loved is to is the recognition of what you have because it's you're not changing God. Right. It's I'm changing my understanding of who I am in Christ or in God. Well, that's what I mean by the word living. Yeah. I'm trying to live fully fully loved, which means like what you just said, I recognize in every ounce of my being, every moment um, of the day, like Jesus did, that he was fully loved Mm -hmm. and could fully trust. And sometimes he was with people and sometimes he was away. You know, the whole patterns of Jesus. And this is a recognition of the reality that already is. Exactly. Exactly. So I know that you fully love me and that when we are hanging out, having discussion, doing whatever we're doing, you have my best interest in mind. And so when you tell me Mm -hmm. something, you're telling me because your motivation is I want my wife to be fulfilled. I want her to be healthy and Mm -hmm. happy. And, and I'm, I feel like you do a darn good job, honey bunny. Oh, of loving me and have for a very, very long time since we've known each other. Not, I mean, things get in the way. You're not God. But what? <laughs> you are a very good example. Don't impugn my perfection. Your, your motive is almost always be out of, born out of love mm-hmm. and affection and concern and care for me. I try to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and love my children the same way. Okay, mm-hmm. so as we put some rubber meets the road kind of things to what does it mean to be fully loved by God? That comes back, to, that makes me think that the answer to the question, can you live truly, can you live your life truly free from sin? I think the answer is yes. Well, let's go see. Let's hope the answer is yes. Because we want to make sure that we just don't all go open loop. What does the Bible say? Okay, bring the Bible into it. I got to say it, right? Galatians 5.16, right before the fruit of the Spirit. Actually, let's go. There's so much good stuff in here. Well, he's talking about, can I just give the context? Sure. The context of Galatians 5 is they're having strife with each other, and they're not treating each other in love. Mm -hmm. And so that's, okay, so go. 
So it says the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Now here's the part. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I believe that's a direct synonym to what you just said. There is a place where if we live in the spirit, fully knowing him, walking in him and what he has said, we won't sin. We won't. <laughs> now, and, and the context in this is people are getting kerfuffled with each other. I don't ever do that. I don't ever get kerfuffled with somebody else, do I? Mm-hmm, no. <laughs> Never seen it. So, but here's uh, the thing. Let, I, let me say, in the conversations that I've had with people this week, mm-hmm. I think this is why it's on my mind. I've had a couple of really great conversations with friends this week mm-hmm. and we chit chat and we talk about what's going on in our lives, but inevitably about an hour into the conversation, we start talking about real things and things that are bothering us and things that are hurtful or harmful or things we can't quite mm-hmm. control. And so it has, and it has to do with what other pe- how other people are influencing our lives. So it's exactly what Galatians five is talking about. That's mm-hmm. where we get, that's where we get tripped up, at least as women. I don't know with men, maybe it's a little bit different. We don't focus. have that issue at all. So you don't get we get tripped up by other people. No, we're happy all the time. So we just lead lovingly and that's it. No. Yes, we do. That's what I mean. Like, I want to know, <laughs> can I live without getting kerfuffled by other people? Right. And Dan I think, Muller would say yes. Right. And he would say he's living there. Yeah. And the reality is, is, and this, this is what I think, you know, I've heard growing up all the time, you have things like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. We have a very low opinion of where and who we are. And there's all these things like, well, I'll always be, as long as I have a body, I will sin. You know, and there's this resoluteness of sinning is what we do. And I think it's an anti-faith position. Exactly. And what Galatians says is, what is this? What does it mean to be walking by the Spirit? Let's use synonyms. That's walking by faith. Faith is being in agreement with God. Yes. If we walk in faith, believe what he has said, we will not. Why? Because we gratify the desires. Why? Because we're too busy hanging out with him doing his stuff. So Mm -hmm. too often in legalism or religiousness, we spend time fighting sin Mm -hmm. as opposed to dwelling in God. Mm. If we dwell in God, we won't sin, period. The only time you sin, and we have talked about this, you know, we talk about, oh, the whole confession repentance cycle people try to talk about all the time. Um, I sin... Now I got to get back to God if I can confess enough or say enough things and whatever. And then if I really repent and say enough in my heart, then I'll get back to God. Now, what I want to do is say, think through those statements. So first of all, in order for me to sin, and we'll use the word sin, you know, it means I did something wrong. I made a mistake. I missed the mark uh, for whatever reason. Mm Mm-hmm. I had to walk away from God or not listen to him in order to go there, mm-hmm. right? So my first step is, it's not that sin separated me from God. It was, I had to stop paying attention to God and walk away from him in order to do 
sin. Mm-hmm. So my sin was done apart from God. Mm-hmm. So how do I get back? Well, a lot of people say, well, if I confess or repent and do enough things, I can get back to God. Well, what would you do? And here's the critical thing. What would you do in your fleshly state apart from God? What are you going to do to get right with God? Are you saying that confession and repentance are fleshly? No. So what is confession? That's a Greek word, homologeo. Okay, so that word means homo is the same, and log- its logo is where you get the word, word word. So a true confession means I have to agree with what God has said. So what has God oh. said? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. When people go to confession, they're going to say what they have done. Right. Nope, that is not confession. God's not telling them, I need to hear from you what you've done. And I will agree with you that that's what you have done. Correct. That's mind blowing. He needs to hear you say, what did God say? Now, he may say, what does God say about this situation? Or he may say, what does God say about you? Okay. So confession, let me just reiterate. Okay. You are saying that confession, repentance is a different word. Confession is saying the same word. So when you confess your sins mm-hmm. one to another. That's a different word. That actually word is not homologeo. That's virtue in James uh, chapter 5. Okay. That is a word more in line with what our English word for confession is. Which is? I can't remember what that word is in James. But what does it mean in English? Well, in other words, it means to admit. It's admit. an admission. Can admit so, your sins yeah, so one to another. James 5, what it's saying is, I got to admit, you know, if we're going to be in a fellowship of people and have relationships. I have to be real with you. I got to be real with you and I got to admit when I did you wrong. Okay, but that's different than that's confessing different to term. God. Right. Confessing to God is same word. That's what you just said, homologeo. It's literally saying same word. It's to say, come into agreement with what he has said. Ooh, boy. Okay. So. So, so we can't. We're not bringing our woe is me fleshly. I'm a, I'm a sinner. I made these mistakes right. to God. What you're really bringing to God is, you know what, God, I didn't act like who I am. Who I, I really am not, is I am not your child. Like I am. have the promises of uh, all the provisions that you've given to me. And I am coming back into that alignment with you. With what you have said. Yes. Right. And then the repentance part is the word metanoia, mm-hmm. which means literally meta as an alternative or different, and noia is your mind. It means get a new mind. Have a different mind. So true repentance is I need to go from my own fleshy away from God mind, and I need to now get God's mind. My mind needs to be aligned or with God. Or as Graham Cook would say, have another thought. Have another thought. So are we saying that if you did something terrible, you're feeling bad about it? May be part of the process, but it is neither confession nor repentance. If you, It may be recognition of the damage you've done. It may be some conviction you have of, I really should not have done that. And there's all sorts of other things. And so it's not wrong. It's a good thing, but go ahead. Well, not to quote Dan Muller again, but he says if you are having, if you are feeling bad about it, then 
then already you are aligning with God because right. you agree with the fact that what you just did was wrong. was not in his will. Yeah. Right. So, so feeling bad about it isn't the wrong thing. Or is right. it isn't a, it, I'm just saying that's that may be part of the process of you getting your brain back correct. But it itself is not repentance. Your mm-hmm. feeling bad isn't. So sometimes people feel like, well, I got to feel really bad. It's like, no, that's not a, that's not the point. The goal is not to feel bad. It may be part of the process, depending on what you did for you, because we did not get so much separated from God in, from his perspective. We are not listening to God. And so we have closed our ears in order to go sin. We walked or stepped away, and now I have to reopen my ears, re-recognize what the truth is, and enter back into what God is saying and get back to walking with him again. There's a pretty good chance I'm going to feel bad when I do that. Good chance of it, right. And obviously, the dumber the thing you do or the worse you do, you'll probably feel bad. Hopefully, I, you do. You wanna, know, I mean, it's <laughs> hopefully you're not out doing stuff and messing people over and don't care. Well, yeah, I think that's the, it, the feeling bad part is an indicator right. sometimes. Right. If you're not feeling upset about what you did, probably there is uh, something else going on in you. As the reason for what you did, why you did, could be a defensive mechanism, could be a protective mechanism, could be that you feel like you were right in what you did, and so you feel just in that, and and um, what's the word, uh, justified, I guess. Um, so there's more to uncover and unpack. Right. So maybe that's where that sentiment comes from, or originally came from with repentance, is whether or not you feel bad about it or whatever but right. i understand mm-hmm. what you're saying so yeah. I, I just wanted to clarify so that i'm not saying bit. it's unhealthy i think it's actually probably good and right mm-hmm. it's just i don't want to confuse that as being repentance the repentance it right. is not itself repentance right that makes sense uh, to me it does good i'm trying to clarify how about you guys <laughs> yeah right guys you feel good about that okay <laughs> all right let me know if you got an issue with that or you need some more explanation I'm sure I'll hammer that one again. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Here and there. We talk about that a lot, actually. Right. Because the reality is, is a response. God, yeah, that's right. You have that. We have that little quote up there. Mm-hmm. Repentance is a response to hearing and feeling God and right. knowing Him and and walking with Him and you're 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 aware of what He really thinks about whatever it is that you did and not everything that you. I also hear me. I'm not saying that everything that you do wrong is, um, let's see, how do I want to say this? I can often be kerfuffled about something and still be listening to the Lord and telling him, I don't like this. I'm, I'm suffering or I'm feeling pain about this certain situation with another person or myself or whatever it is. And that doesn't mean that I'm not in union with the Lord. What happens is if I, when it when it crosses over into you sin, maybe working it out with God. Exactly. Yeah. When it crosses over into sin, is when I start making choices based on that pain, thinking that I'm not going to be taken care of, right. that the Lord, that I can't trust the Lord, that He's going to take care of the situation, and whatever that looks like, it may look like justice, it may look like mercy, it may look, I can't know that, and if I'm trying to make those decisions, but um, out of my pain. I'm probably going to start walking away from him and closing my ears and letting the pain be louder or the hurt or the trauma or the whatever Mm -hmm. be louder than his voice 
and then that's when I'm going to yeah. step in it, talk to, say something to somebody, react, make a declaration in my own heart, things like that. You might say something unkind or something. I who knows. Yeah, and that's when we step into sin. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's a lot can go on in our head, and it isn't necessarily sin. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it is depending on how long we want to hang there and how we want to act based on that. So that relates to our question. Can we live in true freedom from sin? Mm-hmm. I think so, but I want to introduce four other words in the meantime. Oh my gosh, four words. Okay, well, so we're going to Because we were just talking about this confession bit. or the sin and repentance and stuff, I think a lot okay. of it goes, and this is where I think people feel separated from God a lot. And I hear these words, I'm going to use four different words, and sometimes they get used the same, or people kind of use them... Mushy. Mushy. I hate mushy vocabulary. Right? So I want to clear up four words, okay? We have the word training, because God is training us. He's teaching us and leading us to do things, okay? Okay. And then sometimes God might correct us, but I'm going to use a different word. Even under grace, do we get correction? Because I'm going to separate different words. I just want to say, people, all of y'all who might think grace preachers don't believe in correction, we do. We don't believe God's up there going, ah, whatever. Right, right, right. Sure. I love you. Just keep doing that. All right. So we got training (laughs) training, and correction. Correction. Then we have two bad words or rough words, which is punitive or punishment and suffering. Punishment. And, and suffering. suffering. Okay. Okay. Training, correction, punishment, punishment, and suffering. We need to come up with an acronym for that. And maybe we can even, uh, those could actually all be called hardship is the lower, la- the last two. Okay. But when we look at that, the question, so here's the first question. God is definitely training us. Okay. So I want to separate the words teaching and training. Teaching is information comes in. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like didactic is mm-hmm. the terminology, lecturing, teaching, getting words. Training is going along with somebody and showing them how to do something. It's a, you know, often it's repetitive. We work through something until we develop the muscle memory or the practice or whatever until it works. Okay, I see somebody, Becky's raising her <laughs> hand over there. Did God train Jesus? Yes, he grew in stature years. and wisdom. Did anybody we hear don't that? Think it's about that. In the Bible, Jesus in Luke. grew. Ooh, whew. that'll blow your mind. Yeah. Gotta think on that one. I'm not gonna head down there to all the ramifications of that, but Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. So we okay, so training is so training. good. Training is good. From now God. what is what is correction? Does that mean I'm being beat? No. From God, you mean? Anybody. If you're getting trained mm-hmm. and your trainer corrects you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm holding the weights wrong and he yeah. wants me to show me how to hold the right. weights correctly. So I'm going to say that correction is not punitive. Right. It's just saying you're doing it wrong. It's correcting In you. the pure sense of the word, yes. In the pure sense of the word, if we are corrected by God, he's saying you're doing it wrong do this instead or i'll show you a better way or i'll show you a better way or just cut it out or whatever it is Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. or yeah give you improvements however you want to say it so correction god is definitely corrects us okay that's just part of leadership is that part of discipline it's part of 
Okay, so discipline has two words. I right? know. Okay, okay. I, yeah. just, I mean, I get into that. Discipline I'm sorry. Discipline down two paths, Okay, right? so we're going to stay with correction. Right. My bad. actually, discipline really means, I prefer using that in the words of having structure is discipline as opposed to we overuse that in the last probably since I was a kid of discipline meaning I'm getting punished exactly that's why I asked but that's not really the original word that's not really a correct usage of the word discipline it is becoming in our vernacular in the modern day we use it that way I mean when I was a kid you got spankings and then as that got unpopular you referred to it as I'm disciplining (laughs) your child and that just was a nice way because you didn't want to be able to say you were spanking your children. Right. And that's not a really a, a right usage of the word discipline. Right. Discipline is just you coming under some kind of authority, whether it's your own self-guidance or somebody yeah. training you so that you will stick with the program, even right. if it's causing you to work. For the purpose of value and growth and success. It's a, it's right. a chosen prioritization of how to do something. So I put that in the same category in the true sense of the word as correction and training uh yeah okay i think so yeah so training and discipline are strongly related okay so so then we talked about the punitive thing we're about to punishment does god punish us Mm. my answer and i'm saying as a christian does god punish us and i would say no God does not punish Christians. Because punishment is? Punishment is, well, one is, it was taken by Christ at the cross. So for every sin I did, Jesus took the punishment of the, on the cross for my sin. So I don't get punished anymore. Explain punishment, please. That is punitive. Things Which like, means? Uh, it's a spanking. God does not spank me. Like he does not say, I'm going to whack you now because you did that sin. I'm going to whack you or. Okay. Explain punishment like you did earlier today when we were talking about it and you were talking about punishment. Uh, if somebody isn't listening to the correction, oh, keep go- talking. Yeah. Nothing. And I think that's a good thing is in human life. And this isn't God. This related back to your question about can a child grow up perfectly swell given Mm -hmm. that we love them enough and yada, yada, yada. Not enough. Love them perfectly. perfectly. But anyway, keep going. It was in that context Mm -hmm. is, and the question is, or the answer discussion was, if you train, then you should be able to do correction. And even if you look at the Old Testament, almost all the Old Testament laws were restorative. That means if you stole something, you had to pay it back. The goal wasn't to punish you as a bad person. The goal was for you as the person who offended for you to restore things back to how they should be. Okay. So there wasn't a lot of interest in punishment. There was, except for capital crimes. Right. Murder, rape, and kidnapping. And in those cases, the punishment was death. Right, because there's no way for you to redeem that situation. Right, and so those situations, and there was even some exceptions in there in certain cases, Yeah, but I won't go into all that. That's too way too far off. And I think what we have is when we train, like as we range, raise children, we want to train first, have discipline. We want to correct appropriately. And the only time punishment should enter the question is when they will not be corrected okay so if i have a child that i haven't thought about this but 
they consistently perform a behavior and they will not be corrected and want to go into it. What we do is we called it as a kid, we called it for our children an artificially induced consequence. <laughs> so in other words, we have to let them know that there is a problem with this behavior that you may not see, but I'm gonna have to make it painful for you to continue in this behavior because you didn't take the correction. So I have to do something to stop that behavior because it's not that's what we chose behavior. to do at the time anyway right. that's what we're saying i mean and i think that's correct we may not have done it perfectly and we may have had issues here and there but that's not important but i what i'm trying to do is separate in the human realm is punishment okay wait 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 mm-hmm. is punishment the same as circumstances having natural no 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 that's con- i mean consequences mm-hmm. natural consequences no natural consequences are not a punishment if i stick my hand on the stove and burn my hand i'm not being punishment punished it's just you chose a bad choice and it hurts to be dumb so punishment is you are actually getting retribution do i yeah, use the right word yes okay you're using you're getting you're getting well, Something. retribution implies more like vengeance. I think that word is more retribution has to do with vengeance. Something harmful is happening to you. The word of punishment is, is I want to, to force an enhanced consequence to try to get a desired behavioral change out of you. Is that too long of a sentence? No, so in other words, that's, correction does the Lord is, do that? So I think there may, and this is, I think if you're at this place, you're probably in a bad place, okay? So... There's a, in, in fact, now I'm going to have to tell you another, we're going to, you're going to push me off on another little detour here. Okay. I think if you look through the Bible, through the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's probably like, I think we said four categories of people. There are those who want to walk with God and do things right. There are the, and they occasionally make mistakes and do wrong. There are those who sin a lot, but you know, they're... Not abjectly, and there, and you actually see these things in terms of punishments in the Old Testament or things that happen to the community. There are those then who are actively against God, and then there's those. Those are the people that God's like, I'm really mad at you, and I'm ticked, and I am going to do something. And then there are nations who are fundamentally opposed and formed against God. Okay. And those there's, he's definitely like, yeah, I'm taking you out or I'm doing something to judge that or bring a punishment against the nation. So, I mean, those are vague categories to some degree, but I think if, and I, what happens is people talk about the judgment of the nation of Israel. It's like, well, they were burning their children. They had rejected God. They had put false idols in their temples they were doing i mean so don't confuse that with i was mean to my child and therefore god's going to punish me okay that's not there so for a nominal christian who's walking even remotely reasonably you should never see god coming against you now he will correct he may say no to this behavior He may then at some point, if you do enough dumb stuff, he may put his hand out and say, I'm going to block you. And I know in my own life, I wanted to go make some dumb decisions. Um, And God basically stepped in and said, 
that ain't happening. And I'm going to make it so you cannot go down that path. He penned you in. I'm a, he hemmed me in. Hemmed you in. There's other places where you may have gone too far. And God says, either I'm going to let you really take the full brunt of those consequences. or And I think this is either astoundingly rare, and I won't even call that a doctrine or something I agree with necessarily. There might be a place where you get punished. But I think that would have to be... You're kind of heading into the, I'm against God now. And then God says, okay, I'm pushing back now. Mm, Okay. So I think you have to, so for the average Christian to be worried that God's going to smack me, I don't think that's going to happen. Now you may be making stupid decisions and they're going to hurt. You know, again, if I put my hand on the stove, God didn't punish me. God didn't make you put your hand on the stove. If I grab 110 volts on the you know, stick my finger in a socket, the the electric company is not trying to kill me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just picked a bad choice, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you're doing dumb things that are hurtful and painful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the vast majority of what happens in our life. Now, other people will, and that was the last word I had in there, was suffering. Mm-hmm. Suffering is unjust things coming into our life. Mm. And part of that is other people's choices, um, the enemy coming against the enemy you, coming against the world us, system, right, that all that crooked. kind of stuff. Those are unjust. They shouldn't have come against me, but they do. And the consequences that come from those is where the Lord brings in so much mercy. Right. And this is where we learn to walk by faith and say, you know, hey, God, this isn't right. And mm-hmm. God says, OK, do you trust me to bring you through this, even though it is unjust to bring a redemption into to bring redemption out of a situation yeah that's great yeah okay so so all of those words help to clarify if the lord loves me if i am living Mm -hmm. truly loved or i say living fully loved you usually say walking in my identity in christ right yeah that's one word yeah one Mm -hmm. phrase walking walking according to the spirit there's Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of things i would use that are all similar Mm-hmm. kind of phraseologies so those words help to kind of make some clarifications on what i see either in my circumstances or i see in relationships with people of how how the lord is going to respond to me mm-hmm. and living fully loved can i think even the people that are against god or they're still loved. aren't believing in the Lord. Yeah, you know, there's there's it's there's some heaviness in the next generation, especially with where is God? I don't understand him. And so I'm not going to believe in him. I'm not right. going to I'm not going to trust him. I'm not even going to give him any thoughts. I'm going to have a more secular worldview. Does the Lord still love them? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but the relationship isn't there yet because that person won't turn to God and, and have a conversation with him and, and right. listen to him and let him let the Lord come in and give one little mustard seed of faith um, that the Lord actually would give them something good in their life. So, so even people that are, I mean, so when you say it, somebody's actively against God, mm-hmm. you're not just talking about people who say, I don't believe there's a God. You're talking about people who are actually doing evil. Yes. 
who are who are saying I'm not going to have to pay either they would say I don't have to pay for my consequences because God's not paying any attention to me mm-hmm. or um, they align themselves yeah. with the devil right. and their said, goal I'm is do. to do evil to yeah. do wrong or to come against good people does God still love them I think he does, but they're not in a good place. <laughs> Just say that. Well, Judas. Yeah, you're not in a healthy place. Um, and Judas, Judas ended up not well. Right, of course, yes. Right. So, and God still left him. So I believe. I think so. I think he did. I think Jesus loved him, even though he knew what he would do. But he also knew that he would have a bad end to his life. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's one of the tragedies is you can love somebody who rejects you, who mm-hmm. rejects God, and you hurt knowing that you can see where they're heading in their life. Yeah, because you can't control both, them. Both in the physical or eternal. It's just they're heading down a bad path. Right. Because and they're taking their pain and, you know, doing terrible things out of their pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So I want to, yeah, and the last thing is I want to tie this, what we just said about all these four words or so, however many I ended up with, with your whole initial point, which is the entire point of that discussion was to show that God is not against us. Because I think too often the distance we perceive is self-generated. I mean, that's the entire point of guilt and shame is it separates us from God. And part of the fundamentals of the repentance or the redemption that we have in Christ is to remove guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and recognize, going back to your picture, that we are fully loved, that we sit in the arms of the Father, completely loved and adored because of what God has done, what Christ did, for us he said i have redeemed you i have brought you back and that is how i view you is complete clean dressed in robes of white righteousness Mm -hmm. i view you as i have redeemed you and as how i have created you to be Mm -hmm. which is to do great stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when we can see that then guess what we walk according to the spirit and we will not gratify the flesh, the desires of the flesh. Why? Because we're in agreement with God. Right. When we spend our time working over rules, sins, fighting sin, coming up with laws and rules, which as we watched in the show, The Chosen, the Pharisees were psychotic Mm -hmm. chasing down Jesus because he did a miracle on the Sabbath. Yeah. Nobody cared that he healed a guy 38 years who'd been a cripple. Mm-hmm. They were concerned that he did it on the Sabbath. And it's like, you guys have so missed the boat Yeah. on what the point is. The point of Jesus coming. And we can't miss that boat. We have to run to be in the arms of the Father, delight as a child of the living God, and live in that every moment of every day. And if we do so, what will be the result? Living fully loved. Yes. And and do we, so, you know, that seems like a very tall order to try to live fully loved. Uh, where I have found this to not be quite so overwhelming is mm-hmm. to realize 
the grace that God has on me every day because I am not living fully loved every moment yet, but I am growing in it. And he has full grace for me, mm-hmm. the full gospel of redemption, whispering to me continuously, I know who you are. I love who you are. You are fully loved. And when I listen, the more I make it my discipline or my habit to turn and hear that voice and to stay in tune with him. And I am getting better at it, at, at not waiting quite so long to turn and hear his voice. It's, that's the practice of it. And that's, um, it, it is, it is bringing fruit in my life. It is causing me to realize, oh, I, even though I'm working through still a lot of issues about how I think about myself or, mm-hmm. um, things like that. I'm thinking more and more about the love of God on me right. and how I can live and respond in that boat than in the floundering boat. Awesome. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, hopefully this gave you some things to think about and chew on. Check out Lucy Gimble. Check out The Chosen, the show, the internet show, mm-hmm. The Chosen. And check us out. At, at or if you ask questions or yeah, send give us a comments email podcast at, at grace dot world mm-hmm. podcast at grace world grace dot world or you can just go to the grace dot world website and subscribe if you go there and we'll tell you when new episodes are out and keep in touch with you we'd love to hear from you mm-hmm. just push that subscribe button or call us at eight three three eighty five grace All right, everybody. Have a great week. We do love you. And we do. (laughs) 